Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Craft Parenting Podcast, the podcast about two Cincinnati craft beer lovers with a parenting problem. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate all of our listeners, new and old. My name is Joe Ludwig and with me is my lovely wife and co-host, Caroline. How's it going, Caroline? Nice. (laughs) It's going nice. This is episode 69 um, actually, that's pronounced nice. <laughs> At least according to the schedule in my head, which is very strict. This is supposed to air as episode 69. Otherwise... Uh, again, you're mispronouncing it. It's episode nice right. because I am a 12-year-old boy. Yes. Anyway, we have another great show planned out for you this week. We are going to talk about our favorite summertime family activities And we have previously talked about our favorite springtime family activities and our favorite rainy day family activities. Today was a rainy day, so we did utilize some of the rainy day activities today. We mostly napped. (laughs) You and the kids mostly napped. I knit a scarf with my knitting machine. Nice. Just like this episode. (laughs) So uh, let us dive in and get started. So before we talk about that, I noticed that you have an adult beverage in front of you. I do. So what are you drinking? I am currently drinking a Westside Brewing Cucumber Serrano Goza. Westside, Westside! You know it. Um, It is 3.9% ABV and has seven IBUs. If you would like to know more about this beer, listen to our 0.5 episode where we exclusively talk about Westside Gozas. Yes. Thin. That's it. Super quick to the point. I like it. Get the information in the other episode because it's all there. Yeah. So uh, Lily decided that it was going to take an hour for her to go to bed. I don't know why. She was pretty tired, but you do you, girlfriend. So I had a pre-production beer. That was supposed to be your production beer? (laughs) Yes. It was uh, the Nutcase Porter with peanut butter. Oh, that's a good one. By uh, Listerman. It's one of their OG beers that kind of made them stand out from the crowd. Yes, it's a very good beer. Award-winning. Tastes exactly like peanut butter. I mean, it's delicious. And I don't know exactly how long we've had that in the fridge. You bought it this year. Okay, so it hasn't been sitting in the fridge super long, but it still holds up really well. Yeah. So I had that. It is, uh, like I said, by Listerman Brewing, based out of Norwood. Don't talk shit about Norwood. Don't do it. You'll get in trouble. ABV is 6.8%. And I am currently drinking... A uh, good enough for me, we'll get into that later, it is an oatmeal raisin cookie amber by Swine City Brewing based out of Fairfield, Ohio, and this is 5% EPV. I thought that I worked in Hamilton and Swine City Brewing is closer to Hamilton than I am to Hamilton when I'm at work, but I mean, they're also in Fairfield's backyard, so I guess both apply. Maybe. Let me break out Google Maps. Well... You know how you go down that street and it dead ends and you turn left to go to Swain City? Mm -hmm. Maybe Hamilton is right. No, Hamilton is not right. It's not right? No. Hamilton is definitely to the left. Maybe the borders are weird. They might be. It's really funny because it used to be. Yeah, I mean, technically they're closer to Fairfield than Hamilton, but I'm also way closer to Springdale than I am to Hamilton. Oh, my goodness. Your work. My work is the blue dot. 
Swine City's the red dot, and then there's Fairfield, and there's Hamilton. So, so back in the day, so the city limits are just wonky. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, and still, even if we're driving to your parents' house before they move, when we would go from your parents' house to your Oma and Opa's house, we would go in and out of Cincinnati and Green Township like four times. Yeah, Green on Township. the drive. Grand Green Township is a weird. It has different borders as well the city of cincinnati just has weird borders because 13 below is technically within the city of cincinnati limits and it is very far away from the city of cincinnati downtown center maps are weird yeah so this is an oatmeal raisin cookie amber as i said five percent abv and the description is sure to make grandma jealous notes of cinnamon and nutmeg bring this raisin soaked amber together and it is very heavy on the cinnamon and nutmeg and freaking delicious. <laughs> I love it. It um, is a good beer. Um, I, I think I reviewed this on my Instagram uh, at Craft Parenting Joe, if you want to read more about that. But in that Instagram review, I um, pointed out that not many people make cookie based beers with just a simple amber. Usually it's a porter or a stout. Yes, that Some, is usually the case. Something heavier. So this is, it's a, I don't know if it's technically a lager, but it kind of goes down like a lager. It's crisp. It's a crispy boy. It's not a super crispy boy, but yeah, it's more crisp than like a what, what a cookie stout would be. Yeah. You know, so it's definitely a different style, something that I've, I don't think I've ever had before. An amber cookie beer. It's very delicious. Om nom 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 nom. <laughs> But I strategically picked this beer out because now it is time for what's bugging Caroline in children's TV. And Caroline, this beer is named after something that is bugging you this week. C is for cookie. It's good enough for me. C is for cookie. It's good enough for me. C is... Okay, how much of this can we sing before we get in trouble for singing too much? I don't know. It's put on by Sesame Street, which is aired on PBS, which is owned by the taxpayers. So technically we can sing all of it. Yeah, we uh, we own Sesame Street. We subsidize it. So every month we change. At least this episode we subsidize. It's on now on HBO Max or whatever. See, yes, sir, cookie. That's good enough. For so me. every month we change up what Sesame Street episode the children are watching. So they watch the same episode for a month. Because they don't watch it every day. One of the kids will usually be sleeping while the other one's watching it. So it's not like somebody is watching the same episode of Sesame Street 30 days in a row. Though sometimes we are the ones that are listening to an episode of Sesame Street 30 days in a row. Because the kids don't get to watch it the whole time. But Joe found an episode where Big Bird has Cookie Monster's song stuck in his head. And the episode just consists of them singing C is for Cookie different ways split up by like different Sesame Street clip sections, the same way a normal episode of Sesame Street rolls. So you hear C is for Cookie like 15 times during the episode. It's more than that. I normally come in from work (laughs) and we're like 50 times, five minutes into the episode. So I get to listen to the whole episode after I get home from work and I am not here for it. I mean, it's a good song, but it was already like an earworm slash sticky song where it gets stuck in your head on its own just because it can. And now we're going to all these breweries that have related names in their beers. Like we went to Alexandria Brewing 
I may had some beer. It was like Sia's for Cookie or something like that was the name of it. I need to look up what the name of their beer was. Do you remember? I forgot Alexandria had that. But now that you mention it, I do remember. Let me know when you have it. C is for cookie. That's good enough. Three days later. So this says that Alexandria Brewing has an oatmeal raisin cookie ale. And I want to say that something in their description for it says like, like it has strong cookie monster vibes. And then we go to Swine City the next day. And they literally have a beer called Sia's for Cookie. No, it, it's not called that. It's called. Oh, good. sorry. It's called Good Enough for Me. That's right. It's called just, Good Enough for Me. It might have been like something where they said like it's good enough for a monster. But there, it was like definite cookie vibes. And I'm just like, now I got this song stuck in my head until the kids get something else stuck in my head. Well, can we talk about. The lack of creativity from the Sesame Street writers for that episode. Every season of a show has at least one episode where you're like, they just phoned this one in. Like, (laughs) they were not having it. They were definitely not at the top of their game. Maybe they were on all of the drugs instead of just some of the drugs. Or maybe they were on some of the drugs instead of all of the drugs. I don't know. They just were not operating at peak efficiency. This was one of those, like, mama needs a nap. (laughs) Here's your twenty. Here's your fifty-five minute episode. Well, Elmo's World takes up. Well, it's your fifty-five minute episode where fifteen minutes is Elmo's World, and you need like twenty to twenty-five minutes of clip segments of stuff that most likely already exists in the Sesame Street database, and then just like little three or four minute sections of the main cast singing C is for Cookie" in yep. different ways. <laughs> yep, that's like all you need. So it's super easy. It lets your cast phone it in. You the writers get to phone it in. Everybody gets a nice, easy episode. No, it's literally just the same set and the monsters are parading this way, singing C is for Cookie. Yes. They, they parade a different way, C is for Cookie. It makes zero sense. I mean. And I'm sorry, Big Bird, but just think of some, think of a different song to sing. You have a million songs. You got this. Because the whole point of the episode was that, you know, the song is stuck in his head because it starts off with Big Bird saying, hey, welcome to Sesame Street. Today's episode is brought to you by the number, whatever, and then the letter C. And then Cookie Monster goes, C is for, and then it goes to Cookie Monster singing C is for Cookie. And then Big Bird, I guess, heard that and was like, oh, C is for Cookie. C is for Cookie. And then that's the entire episode. Yeah. I mean, in, in Big Bird's defense, that is totally something that is very relatable that would happen. So... Like, it makes sense. Sesame Street tries to do, like, real-world situations that kids will encounter. But, yeah, too much C is for cookie. All right. So now on to our main topic of this week's episode, which is all about our favorite summertime family activities. We have a bunch of different activities listed. So the first summertime activity that I have listed is grill outs with family and friends. We haven't done this yet. We were going to do this. We were really bad about scheduling it. So that's our bad. I mean, I've grilled out this year before. So there's You have. Um, Our grill is also on the older side of things. It was only mildly sketchy how I lit the grill. Yeah. And that's all I will say about that. Well, it's it it worked and it was safe. So the igniter on our grill broke 
or needs a new battery. I'm not sure which. And we didn't have the time to figure out like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do about this? Because we were all about to get hangry and like going to the store or trying to tear the grill apart to put it back together just did not make sense. Joe already had everything prepped and he pokes his head inside and is like, hey, the grill won't light and I'm not sure what to do. So me being the perpetual Girl Scout that I am, grab a box of matches because we only have like 50 boxes of matches in the house. They're all locked away from the kids though. So as of right now, the kids can't get into them. As of right now. (laughs) Our kids are tall and smart. We only got so long. So I grab the matches, head downstairs, and just say, okay, we got this. Lift off one of the grill grates, turn the gas up as high as I can in one burner, light a match, put the match in and close the hood and wait for the (laughs) that that burner has lit. And I turn it down a bit and I ask Joe, how many of these do you need lit? To which Joe says, do I say all of them or two? At least two. So I say, okay, we got this. Keep the door closed. Turn that first burner on high. Turn the second burner on high and wait for the second whoop and then turn both burners back down. The grill lit itself. It was fine. I mean, that's how you used, how you used to do it. Yeah, that back in the olden times, that is how one would, st- well, technically one would start a grill by like actually sticking their hand in the grill and maybe risk like the flame up goes around their hands. I was very fortunate that when I dropped the match into the bottom of the pan, it stayed lit. So I knew it would light the gas when I got the gas cranked up. <laughs> but it worked. So what what do we typically grill? Hamburgers. Hamburgers, hot dogs, brats and mats, veggies. Yeah. Corn. We're getting into corn season here soon. So excited for that. Yeah, I saw the the stands out in um in in the neighborhood. Yeah, we're not quite to sweet corn season yet. You can find corn, and in fact, we have had corn recently. Yeah, it was not great corn because it's not in season yet. I haven't had corn yet. No, I think I was the only one that ate corn on the cob when it was offered at dinner the other day. Also, the peach guy was was. Oh yeah, the out. peach guys. The peach guys are out right now too. But y'all don't eat enough peaches. I'm going to have to eat them all myself. And that's just a lot of responsibility <laughs> that I need to not have at the moment. Because I think you have to buy it by the pound, right? You usually buy it by the crate. By the crate. Yes. Yeah, so even that's even more than a pound. It's a lot. It's like five pounds. Maybe more. <laughs> Maybe more. <laughs> yeah, so it's typically like hot dogs and hamburgers. And then we'll try to throw the side on the grill as well. If it makes sense, like if we have plenty of veggies, we have a nice veggie tray that we can put them in. Corn is like my favorite thing for us to put on the grill. And by us, I mean you. <laughs> I typically do not operate the grill. I think I have like twice. And I don't, I don't even remember why I was the one operating the grill. Just that it happened. That's yeah. typically your territory. I mean, I, I, I cook dinner too mm-hmm. inside, usually on the stove or the oven. I have relatives that do pizzas on the grill where it's like it's create your own pizzas where you Dish up a tortilla. Yeah, I've had this once. And you put like your sauce, your cheese, and all your toppings on it, and then you cook it on a very low grill. So it's kind of like a wood-fired pizza, but not quite. The kids would love that, though, especially Lily. She likes to make her own food when possible. Elliot will just eat all of the raw ingredients. We don't have to worry about feeding him cooked food. I mean, lately they haven't really been eating. (laughs) No, they've been toddlers. What was the quote, I think? Somebody said, as Lily was getting out of the terrible twos, Elliot was getting into them. Homeboy just turned 17 months. Lily never really had the terrible twos. No, she never really got super. But Elliot, he he like just drops down and. He throws himself on the ground now. He cries about everything. He screams about everything. He's like super emotional. 
He is a little emotional, but that's because he doesn't know what emotions are yet. So he doesn't know what like normal is. So he'll get there. We just have to help him and support him as best we can. And sometimes that means you're going to lay down over here for five minutes while mommy screams into a pillow. (laughs) We were talking about grilling. We were. So hamburgers, hot dogs, brats, nuts, your Columbus crew, your Columbus family from Columbus. They do pizza on the grill. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Now I really want to do that because it's been forever. That and we haven't made. So there's biscuit pizzas, which are okay. And there's egg. There's um, English muffin pizzas. Have you ever had English muffin pizzas? It's perfect for Lillian. Well, not so much Elliot yet, because again, he'll just eat all of the raw Didn't ingredients. Didn't you do a whole blog post about that? I did. I did a whole blog post about the biscuit pizzas. But then there's also English muffin pizzas. Ah. And those were really good. I'd make them with mom in the toaster oven. But she'd go like, it's like you make your own pizza and you can make like four of them. Because it's English muffins, so they're small. Let's see what else. He said vegetables. Yeah, lots and lots of veggies. The biggest problem, though, is that whatever veggies make it to the grill (laughs) don't always make it back to the table. Yeah, this is true. Between you and me, (laughs) we eat a lot of them. (laughs) Actually, I think about a year, I guess this has been, been about three years ago, you grilled veggies and dinner and then I posted a photo of the grilled dinner and it was like all of the protein and I was like, this is only half of the veggies because we ate the other half before we even sat down. Because <laughs> that is a thing that we do. So these, this is like bell peppers, zucchini. Yeah. Bell peppers, squash. zucchini, eggplant, onion, I don't think we've squash. Eggplant. Just because we haven't done it doesn't mean you can't do it. Oh, okay. And then usually we season with salt, pepper, lemon and pepper. lemon pepper. But if we use lemon pepper, we don't season with pepper because those are the same. That's a lot of pepper. And they're just really good. Mm. You're going to be grilling this week. Lots of veggies. Sometimes we do chicken. Oh, yeah. Occasionally we'll do chicken or pork on the grill. Pork. But I haven't been buying a whole lot of pork lately, so we don't have a bunch of pork to grill. We have pork loin. No. You don't like pork loin, though? No. So grill all the things. Our next summer activity that we really enjoy is the splash pad. This has been a big favorite between the kids. They have one that they used to use at your mom's house, but it broke. And they have the one at our house where they'll just, they don't really hang out in the splash pad as much as they run through the splash pad and scream. Does Elliot scream too? A little bit. (laughs) Anything his big sister does though, he will also do. So you just hook up the hose to this plastic contraption, let the water pressure build up, and then it's like a sprinkler with a lot less water pressure. So your kids aren't as terrified of it. And sometimes if you're not on a hill, the splash pad will pool water so you can splash the water. Or you can do what the neighbor kids taught Lily to do, where you get someone to stand unsuspecting, like you get someone unsuspecting to stand close to it. And then you step on the side of it, raising the water pressure, which then raises the jet streams of water. And then you soak the person that is too close to the splash pad. Lily likes to do that and watch her mommy scream. The screaming is mostly for Lily's amusement and not because I'm actually... Freaking out. Screaming. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the neighbor kids, though, this is not on the list. Our neighbor had the bright idea of buying a, or I guess she bought a bunch of paintbrushes. Oh, yeah. Just paintbrushes that she had lying around from home improvement projects. Or they were just lying around. And her bright idea was to give the kids the paintbrushes and little buckets of water and they paint the sidewalk with water. Yeah. And it's it's self-replenishing art. (laughs) Because as the sun soaks up all the water, you have a blank canvas again. 
get to work. <laughs> and the kids will like race to see how much of the sidewalk that they can get painted before it starts melt before it starts evaporating. Ah, she's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> and it actually does work. Like, it does. And it it uh, it takes up time and energy on the kids part. <laughs> yeah, it is a nice way to wear the kids out. We're going to have to do that again soon. Though I think I gave her our good outdoor brush by being our bad, our worstest paintbrush. Worstest? Worst. Just the worst, yeah. The worst. Uh, the next thing on this list is just playing in the backyard. Uh, we have a decent sized yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not on the corner, like in the cul-de-sac, but our property is like it's on a corner. So it's a little bit larger than our neighbors or whatever. And we spent a lot of time, or you did, you and specifically you and Larry, you uh, purchased a bunch of dirt. Yeah, that was backbreaking work. We purchased a lot of dirt and installed sod when I was told like 15 times by the same guy, <laughs> it's not a good time of year to be planting sod. Well, guess what? I'm doing it anyway. And hey, look, all the sod stuff. Because someone aggressively points to self, yeah. did their research, and treated their sod right so it stuck. It did stick. It looks great. It really does. And High it's five flat. self. And it's flat. It is flat. And potentially you were like very early in your pregnancy with Elliot. I was, I was early pregnant with Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> you would not have let me do that. <laughs> if I knew. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh. But our backyard is wasn't flat when we per- first purchased it. It was it was mostly flat, but it was not flat enough, and it had certain areas that pooled water, which right. is not ideal. Right. So we uh, paid someone to remove the tree, which was a pe- it was a pear tree, which was split, and it was basically dying. Yeah, the back third of the tree fell off at some point. Before we even purchased. Before the we house. even purchased the house. Yeah. A windstorm came through and blew down like three branches. We chopped down like three or four branches from it to try to make sure that it stayed kind of okay. And then an ice storm came through and brought down like eight branches where like I was pregnant with Lily trying to move branches from our neighbor's yard back into our yard. So because so she wouldn't (laughs) so she wouldn't hate us for having branches in our backyard. I used the fence as leverage. So it was fine. But yeah, that that tree needed to go. And when the tree guy came out, I was expecting him to be like, oh, are you sure you want to get rid of it? Like, we can just trim it some and it'll be fine. And he looked at it and he was like, that's one of the oldest pear trees I've ever seen. It (laughs) needs to get out now. We're not going to save this. No, you don't want this as firewood. Here, use this branch that I had on the back of my truck. This is your firewood now. Is that where we got our firewood from? Yes. Also, the fact that he forgot that he was supposed to save us some firewood. Gotcha. So he uh, grinded the stump. And yep, so they he, ground the stump, he, and we, we tore down the shed. Yeah, there was a shed back there. And then we figured out how we needed to regrade the backyard. Larry helped us measure and level every measure and figure out heights that we needed to get, and then we estimated dirt. Fortunately, we have quite a few places nearby that deliver fill dirt. So I made a phone call, and the next morning I had like two or three scoops of dirt in our front driveway. And then by the end of the by like halfway through the day, we realized that it was not going to be enough dirt. And an hour later, I had like four more scoops of dirt in our ba- in our front yard. Unfortunately, neither of the delivery drivers offered to help us move the dirt from the front yard to the back. They both said they would be back after they got some food. And that was a lie. 
What? <laughs> I didn't know that. I was joking with them. Like, hey, you're going to help us move this to the backyard, right? Like, oh, yeah, let me go get my lunch. Yeah. So the backyard's a lot of fun because mom put it in the, mom had, mom did the legwork to get our fence finished off before Lily was born. And then Larry and myself did all of the work. Well, most of the work because you helped as well to get the backyard. It was nice a lot of wheelbarrowing dirt and then pounding the dirt as much as possible. Also, we have on this list is the pool. So whether it's like a kiddie pool or a big pool, it is the time of year for pools in Cincinnati. It is. Um, it's super hot and August is right around the corner. So much fun. August in Cincinnati is awful. This is when I just floated when I was pregnant with <laughs> Lily. <laughs> I don't know how we ended up at the house of the pool three days in the same weekend, but it happened. Oh, darn. I'm just going to lay here while y'all drink some beers. <laughs> oh, Cabana boy, bring me some water. We're good. You don't even drink the bubbly water. So it was just straight water. It was just straight water. <laughs> For the most part, Lily and Elliot have been playing in kiddie pools. We've only been to a big pool once so far this year. We've been really busy. Slash. Our friends have been busy. Yeah, our friends with pools have been busy. So we have. If you're um, listening to this and you have a pool that you want to invite us to. We will gladly <laughs> bring over some beers to yeah. help utilize your pool to make it yeah, worth that- your money to have it. We have a whole beer fridge full of beer. We do. We would be willing to share if you have a pool. So for the most part, the kids have been playing with kiddie pools. Also, water tables. Because those are safer ways for the children to interact with water. Because they can touch the floor. We haven't super taught the kids how to swim yet. We need to start working on that next year. Your mother has a water table. Our water table needs to be bleached out. And then the children will be allowed to play with it. (laughs) Bleached out. That's one way to put it. it. It needs some heavy-duty scrubbing, but just basically anything that involves water and is not a slip-and-slide, because we are not a slip-and-slide family. Slip-and-slides are banned. Yes. Then we're good, because it is too hot. The thermostat is too high. Not here for it. It's higher than Snoop Dogg. It is higher than Snoop Dogg. Um, The next item on this list is hiking, and I think this is on the springtime family activity list as well probably it would not surprise me but hiking is a an activity that we can do most of the year yes unless it's too god awful hot outside yeah the summer it's kind of tough because you have to start early or you have to find a day in the summer where it's not you know god awful hot um and we are getting into god awful hot season a little bit here in august June, it's kind of hit or miss. Sometimes you get those 75 and sunny degree days, and that's like the perfect time to do it. But July and August, it's very hit or miss. It's either raining or it's like 95 or it's like 75 and like 100% humidity. I mean, there was that time when I went hiking with the kids at like 630 at night. Yeah. So like I said, you have to, if you want to hike in the summer... And it's not one of the the ideal conditions, like 75 and sunny, 0% humidity. You have to start either at 9, 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Which you, we're really bad about getting it out of the house by then. Or you have to do it 
as the sun sets at like 7, 6.30. The magic hour. Yeah. And we also have a whole, we have a whole podcast episode about, about that. And I have a blog about how my hiking is going so far this year. Right. Because you have a goal for 2022. Yes. To get in 12 hikes. That's an average of one hike per month. Yes. And you can read the blog to see how I'm doing with that. One that we haven't done a whole lot this year is outdoor eating or picnics. So the kids have a picnic table outside, so occasionally they will have snacks outside during the day. But we haven't really had any meals, or we haven't had many meals outside this year. We've had some meals outside at friends' houses, but it's just, it's a lot of work to try to wrangle the children versus I am going to strap you into the seat so you can't run away halfway through a meal. (laughs) And no, you cannot feed the doggy all of your food. Yes, I know it's funny when the doggy licks your fingers and eats the piece of pepperoni out of your hand. (laughs) But that doggy is going to sleep next to mommy and have toots all night. And mommy does not want that. Uh, We do have a sunroom. So that makes outdoor eating a little more enjoyable. Better. And I just cleaned the sunroom. You did. About every six months, we reclaim the sunroom. Claim we're going to spend a lot more time out there. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. The kids are out in the sunroom almost every day, though. So for the most part, the sunroom is good for human cohabitation. But sometimes the bugs like to make it their own. Well, I wouldn't even say that. I would say dog hair. There is a lot of dog hair. That's because it's the dog's room. And grass. We got rid of Zoe and Clara's bedrooms. The sunroom is their bedroom. No, Zoe likes to just plop in the in the grass yeah she likes to not come inside (laughs) if you're zoe just hanging outside when it's too god awful hot outside i'm like zoe you are a quarter husky come inside you are going to get heat stroke and then she looks at you and then you're like oh you're fine and you walk upstairs and then she's like woof 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 yeah five minutes after you explain to her you're going to get heat stroke get in the house and she says no i'm fine mom i'm an adult i can do what i want five minutes later she's Barking at the door. Hey, mom, let me in. I'm hot and thirsty. What do you know? They say dogs are like two-year-olds. It tracks. (laughs) So much Elliot, Zoe, and Clara are basically the same creatures at the moment. They don't know what they want. They don't thoroughly know how to communicate what they want. But whatever you're trying to do to help is the opposite of what they think will help, even though that is the thing that they need to help them. That tracks. Yep. So on to our next thing, mini road trips. So we've been trying to explore our backyard and our extended backyard a little bit more this summer. So we went to Alexandria Brewing Company, which was a hike. I did not realize how much of a hike that was going to be for us until we were already in the car. And then I'm like, you know what? We're going for it. It's fine. (laughs) And then we went to Jungle Gyms for the first time with the kids, which was lots of fun. And we also went to the mounds, the Hopewell Mounds out in Chillicothe. And we got to explore those. The kids weren't super interested in it, but they did begin their National Parks passport journey. Because I bought them National Parks passports so they can get stamped at all the National Parks. So we have to remember them. Otherwise, they have a, it's like a book that, it's like a stamp card that you can attach to the book but that also costs money oh that's fun or i just have to remember to bring paper it'll be like the back of a receipt 
or will be staple will be like yeah. taped into their book like hey we stamped this receipt so it counts <laughs> right oh, do they sell like pieces of paper that you can attach to your it's okay mama's got a ton of paper in the car yeah we're fine so there's actually one in cincinnati it's a taft's house so we have to go to that at some point a national park yes what was the William Henry Harrison tomb? That was just the William Henry Harrison tomb. It's not a park. No. Well, it's like, is it even? He's a president. Though. He was a president. So it's not a national park? Like what? No, it is not. I guess it's manned by its own. It's a state park, maybe? But he's the president. He was the president. He was the shortest president to ever hold office. He was still the president. You're president for life, even if you hold it for. Yeah. And did the presidents have their own libraries? I wonder if that's like it, its own. I wonder if that's a modern thing. It's um, managed locally by the Harrison Sims Memorial Foundation. So, yeah, it is not a national park. It might be like a state something. It's just on the Ohio History Connection website, which is ohiohistory.org. Yeah, it's a state memorial. So now they have presidential libraries. That's a modern thing. Yeah. So who takes care of that? Is that a federal? Is that is each library considered a, f- uh, a library, or does each president just create a foundation? Um. So it's only been around since Herbert Hoover, and so a hundred years. Yeah. Uh, ish. Hoover was the Hooverville guy, right? Yep. He was president during, from 1929 to 1933. During the Depression. Yup. So apparently, the Barack Obama Presidential Center will operate under a new model whereby the Barack Obama Presidential Library is fully digitalized, preserved, and administered by NARA with the archival materials lent to the privately operated Presidential Center for display. I don't know what that means. I don't exactly know either. Okay, let's move on. You got me down a rabbit hole, though. I want to know more information about this. ADD brain. Basically, the Presidential Libraries Act of 1986 required private endowments linked to the size of the facility. So now you have to help fund your library to make sure that it continues to be a thing. The presidents pay for it then? Yeah, they have to make up the endowment for it. Or they at least have to fundraise for the endowment. Like they are responsible for creating the endowment. Endowment is basically like a trust, but linked to a building. Because it wasn't until it wasn't until like the 30s when they said that, oh, hey, maybe we should be keeping these documents like officially versus just all of the president's papers are the president's. But William Henry Harrison, president for less than 40 days, died in office, buried in North Bend, Ohio. State park, not national park. Okay. So yeah, we've been doing more mini road trips and exploring our backyard. I don't know where or if Joe is going to cut any of that, but there was there was some digression for a hot second. <laughs> Yeah, there was. Um, and so now I'm telling Joe, too, that like, okay, he was like, hey, we should go to Cleveland for a weekend soon. And I'm like, sweet. Yeah, we can do that. What's a national park or monument that's on our list that's nearby that we need to stop at while we're up there? So we have to plan stops. And then my idea was also to not bring the kids. And your idea was to bring the kids. And Well, who was going to watch the kids? Because <laughs> my mom watches them a lot during the week and your mom's currently moving. Well. So... This is the dilemma, isn't it? Yeah, this is the... We can just give them a bunch of like... We can just throw a bunch of like snacks on the floor and they'll be fine. Zoe, Clara. (laughs) I mean, Lily goes in the potty. 
Yeah, she'll it'll be fine. She, she has she has baby dolls. She, she can she knows how to change a diaper. She can change Elliot's diaper. It's fine. Dear wiretap, we are not going to do that. Probably, we promise. Maybe. <laughs> that Bloopers. is the worst. That is the worst. <laughs> like backtrack ever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are some worse ones, so I do not hold the record for that. Um, and I have one more thing on this list, which we have not done, but I want to. We do. have friends that do it, and I think we've been like invited or like half invited to them before. No, we for sure have been invited to them before. No, we have, and we, we declined. Just, the um, kids' bedtime is the kids' bedtime. This is before the kids, I feel like, but it, I should probably say what the thing is. It is uh, outdoor movie night where you um, sit in the backyard and you have a projector and a screen and you watch movies. Yeah, but you have to be cognizant of what the movie is to make sure that it is neighborhood mildly friendly. Like, so Stephen and Hillary have invited us to a few of these because they they like they've done it a few they had done it a few times in their backyard and then we're like okay we're super comfortable with our setup like we're ready to invite more people over. And then when they were walking the neighborhood, one of their neighbors a street over was like, oh, hey, you guys are the ones with the projector screen. We watched half of this movie with you guys last night. And they're like, oh, yeah, other people can also see what's on the projector screen. And I'm like, yeah, maybe think about what you're going to put up on that screen before you just start blasting anything. (laughs) We have kids. we We don't have to worry about that. We'll just put on like Frozen or something. Yeah, it'll be fine. We don't have a projector or a screen, but this is definitely on the bucket list. And also, I've only been to one of these once, but uh, it was a really good time. It was a a drive-through, a drive-in movie. Yes, I have been to drive-in movies a few times. It's just been a very hot second. And they do still exist. Uh, We pass one for sure on the way to Sailor Park Coffee slash on the way to Java Jackets, apparently, through this new way that you're taking me. Yes. There's a sign for a drive-through movie. There's a drive-in. A drive-in movie. Because you drive in and then you park and then you leave. You don't drive through and then leave. Uh, so I went to one in 2008 and it was out in Hamilton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that one's still around. I'm not sure either. But like I remember going with my parents one day and we watched some movie that I was like mildly interested in because it's always a double feature. That's That's the trick. Right. Yeah. And then the next movie was The Perfect Storm and I did not want to watch The Perfect Storm, but I had to watch The Perfect Storm because my parents were watching The Perfect Storm and there was no way for me to exit myself from the situation. And then even later, like I went with a friend and I don't remember what the double feature was, but one of the movies was Batman. It was like Batman Returns or like when the, the Batman series was getting started again. That was one of the movies. Was it the one with Heath Ledger? Or the one before the one with Heath Ledger? Because wasn't he in the second one? Yeah. Because I say the second one. Yeah. Okay, there's Dark Knight and then The Dark Knight Rises. Maybe we watch The Dark Knight. I don't remember. But like I have been to drive-in movies a few times. And it, it they do try to like match the double features so that they're kind of like same genre, similar interests. I don't know about that. But it's not always movies that I want to see. Because I saw The Dark Knight at this drive-in movie. Mm-hmm. And the feature before it was the Clone Wars movie. I mean, those are both sci-fi. Dark Knight is not sci-fi. What would you call it? Action. That's one of the categories that it falls in. The Clone Wars movie is also classified could actually also be classified as action. But I had no idea what They're it was going They're both nerd on. things. That is true. What is this? Some kind of nerd thing? 
the 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 Venn diagram of people that would enjoy both of those movies is almost a circle. Not quite a circle, but it's more of a circle than some other things. I mean, the Clone Wars movie was interesting. I'm like, but I didn't understand it at all. There was talk about Padawans and and it was like, what is going on? I know I appreciate it. And there was the whole Ahsoka, Anakin, like snips and nickname and stuff. And it was like cringe. Because she's supposed to be cringe. Stinky. There's there is an arc. Luke is a whiny little shit at the start of A New Hope because he has to go through an arc. Otherwise, he's the same person and everything is boring and people don't realize that anymore. There was no arc in that movie, though, and I thought it was a standalone movie. I because had, it was, yeah, it was the start of something bigger. I had no idea that there was a series. Like, I wasn't a Star Wars nerd in 2008. <laughs> like, I, in band class, when the, because I was a... What is this, some kind of nerd thing? Yup. So I was a marching band in high school, and part of marching band allowed me to not take an art class. I haven't taken an art class since the eighth grade mm-hmm. because as a band nerd, you take band as a class and that is your fine arts credit. That is correct. So when the band director was sick or out or lazy and didn't want to do anything, we would always watch the same two movies, either A, Jurassic Park or B, Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. It was always those two movies. Yeah. I don't know why. His office was right there and it was always unlocked and he had a bunch of movies. Or he mm-hmm. had two movies mm-hmm. that we could choose from. I think Cats was also one of them, but no one wanted to watch Cats. You didn't want to <laughs> learn all about space. And I still... <laughs> there is the Tumblr post that described the plot of Cats... And I feel like it left me with way more questions about the sobriety of the people writing the musical than anything else. But also knowing that the musical came out in the late 80s, early 90s, was just like prime cocaine time. So everybody was on lots of drugs. So it makes a little bit more sense. And then a major studio was like, we should make this into a live action movie. With all these famous people. This is a great idea. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Who would know that that would flop? Who knew? Yeah. Um, there was a point. Uh, drive-in movies. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. But we can't take the kids until they're older. Yeah. They they need to get a little bit older so they can at least stay up for the first movie and then fall asleep in the back of the van for the second yeah, so in your experience, did you watch the movie in the car or did you picnic outside the car? We would always watch the movie in the car, but when I went with friends, we would sit outside of the car. Yeah, we, we sat outside the car. Yeah. I don't like I don't know how long people's car batteries last because I swear we would use the radio in the car. I don't remember though. It's been a very hot second since we they had speakers outside, like little stands. Maybe stuff. we did both. I don't know. I've only been once. That was not a thing. We went to the actual movie theater. Yeah. When I was a kid. And we went a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that does it for the list of family activities. Yeah. I think so, too. In the summer, at least. Yeah. Water. Oh, 
stay inside time because it's too gosh awful hot. That's similar to rainy day stuff, but just lots of indoor toys when it is way too warm outside to spend more than 30 minutes outside. Yeah, sometimes it gets unbearably hot, like heat index 110. And I get really hot Fahrenheit. really quick. Like, like I'll be fine for half an hour. And then all of a sudden a switch turns where I'm like, if I do not get inside right now, everybody's going to have a real bad time. And the kids do not like to come back inside. So mommy has a really bad time. The kids have lots of fun, though. No, Elliot doesn't like the heat. No, but he loves going up the up the ladder and down that slide in the backyard yeah it's like his favorite thing right now he loves yeah he likes climbing things and he can climb we have a play set and he climbs that play set yeah he goes up and then he just slides down and he goes way too fast Mm -hmm. and i'm like you're gonna hurt yourself but he has so much fun and he giggles now yes when he does that he does that's that's fun okay so that's that's at least the majority of our summer activities. Got to plan our next weekend trip now. So now it is time for Joe's dad joke of the week. Caroline, are you ready for this? <sighs> I guess so. Well, what do you call a cantaloupe in the swimming pool? I don't know. What? A watermelon. Oh my goodness. There you go. (laughs) Well, that does it for this week's show. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find us at Craft Parenting Podcast on all those platforms. You can also get a hold of us via email, which is craftparentingpodcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Make sure to share the show. It's what helps our show grow. If you'd like to send us stuff such as fan mail, craft supplies, or sanity, we have a P.O. Box. And all this information is available on our website, which is www.craftparentingpodcast.com. That's where we post the show notes, plus blog posts about some of the stuff that doesn't make it into the podcast. We have quite a bit of blog posts that have been published recently including our trip to jungle gyms i have some craft podcast i have some craft blogs in the can some cleaning blogs in the clean in the can we have lots of blogs brewery adventures so many brewery adventures we went to two breweries in one weekend yeah what so, so hopefully i will if if they're not up there they will be up there very very soon and if you want to follow me personally on instagram you can find me at at Craft Parenting Joe, I post pictures of the beer that I drink. And on Instagram, I am at Caroline Creates Crafts or Facebook, Caroline's Creative Crafts. And with that, I'm Joe. And I'm Caroline. See you next time on the Craft Parenting Podcast. Filch is, quote, punting the students across the swamp. I missed that.
I thought that he was kicking them like you do in American football. And then only recently did I learn the British version of punting is using a flat bottom boat. So he was boating them across the swamp, which makes way more sense, but is drastically less funny in my head. So I'm still going with the he is kicking them across the swamp. Did it say punting or did they change did Scholastic change it? To... It said punting because the fifth book was the first one where they didn't do that many changes, if any. Interesting. I never, I, I context clues. <laughs> the context clues don't help either. What did you think? There's a swamp. There's a lake. There's a swamp in a hallway. Are you it's... talking about the hallway? Yeah, this is Fred and George made a swamp and then they got out of school and what is this some kind of nerd thing yes yes it is but filch and umbridge couldn't make the swamp go away because they were incompetent by a lot and none of the other teachers helped them because well that's not my subject and i'm only supposed to be doing things in regards to my subject according to all of these decrees that you keep doing so y'all figure it out and so the text said that because students still needed to use the hallway Filch was punting students through the corridor between classes or something like that. Mr. I'm going to spill my beer. I didn't spill any other beer. And little like 11 or 12 year old Caroline thought that they were that he was kicking students like you punt a football. And that's just the way that it stayed in my head. One, it was funny and two, it's magic. So I mean, of course, it's possible. And only like two years ago was I informed that the definition of punting in the UK is using a flat bottom boat. 